listening to the Worcester Observer podcast because you have impeccable taste. Hello and welcome to the Worcester Observer podcast. I'm your host Rob George and I'm flying solo this week as Claire and I couldn't find a time to record together. I was unavailable to record on Wednesday morning as we usually do and Claire is running around busy as ever today on Thursday as we record this. I've just finished deadlining our Evesham title so I thought I'd come up and record a podcast so we could get something out this Week And so welcome along. Do stick with me. It's me on my own. We're going to take you through some of the stories that are on WorcesterObserver.co.uk. And also we're going to delve into the mailbag as I've been set a challenge by a letter writer to the paper, more of which in part two. But first of all, we're going to start with the front page story that you've seen in the paper, but also on WorcesterObserver.co.uk and on JustGiving.com as well, and that is the major fundraising bid to support injured Worcester warrior Michael Fatialofa on his long road to recovery has raised a staggering £25,000 in just 48 hours. It could be more than that, though. I did check last night in preparation for this podcast. It was on 25000 then, so it could be much, much more. To give you an insight into the story, uh, Fatia Lofa left hospital this week after intensive treatment since the start of January after a neck injury against Saracens in the Gallagher Premiership. Unfortunate incident. One of those things, rugby is a tough game uh, and it's a non-malicious tackle, but uh, it's changed his life quite dramatically. And uh, so the Rugby Players Association, together with Just Giving and their charity Restart has set up this scheme to fund um, any costs that the Fatia Loafers will incur whilst Michael is unable to play rugby and hopefully of course we hope he's able to play rugby once again in the future but there's a long road to recovery as we said Michael's wife Tatiana said as a family we appreciate any help people are willing to give at this difficult time it is very humbling and well outside our comfort zone to reach out and ask for help but he has been boosted with support from Worcester Warriors themselves. They have thrown their weight behind the campaign and they've revealed other fundraising pi- projects Sorry, are in the pipeline to support their fallen, wounded warrior. And since um, he suffered this injury, there have been so many offers for support uh, for him. Warriors are so fully supportive of the campaign. You'd expect nothing less from a great club like Worcester Warriors and they'd hope people would donate to the just giving page uh he's been paid as per his contract which is great and also warriors have covered the costs of the private hospital to ensure he's got the best care and speaking as the editor of the paper i would say well done to worcester warriors for going that extra mile and in taking a degree of uncertainty out for the fatia loafers at what must be a very very difficult time do visit www.justgiving.com forward slash campaign, forward slash Michael Fatialofa. That's Michael, A-E-L. And then Fatialofa is F-A-T-I-A-L-O-F-A for more information and to find out more how the fundraising. It's a great thing to watch because the total keeps rising and rising and spot some of the famous names that have donated as well. I've spotted a few. I wonder if you can too. So that's a great... It's a great story, and we wish Michael and Tatiana and all uh, everyone at Warriors all the very best, and hopefully we'll see him back on the rugby field one day in a Warriors shirt. Another bit of good news, because you know me. 
you know me this year we're trying to we're trying to do a lot of good news and a positive news and we're not going to talk about politics and all things like that uh throughout it throughout 2020 if we can and that the second stage of a multi-million pound scheme to redevelop and build a bigger adult hospice for Worcester has begun as the second part of St Richard's Hospice Build 2020 campaign gets underway this is to build a brand new restaurant for the centre where people can eat together but also therapy rooms and an exercise studio as well I've been to see it and we've had the guys from St Richard's Hospice on of course uh, to come in and talk about their work as well. It's a great scheme. Visit strichards.org.uk for more on Build 2020. It's a terrific thing. I've been round the uh, hospice on the uh, in Worcester as well. Fantastic venue. I know it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, base. And again, at a very, very difficult time for people, from, not just from Worcester, but across South Worcestershire as well. That's important to stress. It's a camp, It's a charity that serves the whole of South Worcestershire as well. So we wish them well with that. Uh, on Speaking on the health uh, thing, another great story that caught my eye this week, accident and emergency at the Worcester Royal could be expanded as part of a £60 million investment bid by Worcester Acute Hospitals NHS Trust. Now, basically, they've put together a package. They want £60 million from the government um, to revamp A&E, expand it to cope with the um, burdens of winter, the winter, winter that winter brings. Uh, But also they want to expand that, the creation of a same-day emergency care assessment space, so taking people that might not need A&E but might need treatment on the same day, the creation of a designated paediatric emergency department, which I think is much needed. Anybody that's a father will tell you that you're always worried about your children, and proposals for the introduction of a digital care record and an expansion of the emergency department at the Alex in Redditch. Now, this is, to me, is important. It should never have been downgraded to the level it has so i'm glad they're recognizing it because account of the size of worcester we need two big functioning a and e departments because you never know when you're going to need an ambulance and you never know when you're going to be ill it's won the support of um robin walker as i actually should say it has won the support of rachel mclean the uh redditch mp too so we wish them well with that and boris you know sajid if you're listening Come on, Sajid, you know, this is the neighbouring, this is the main hospital serving your constituency, Bromsgrove, so I'm sure we can have a nice share of the money there too. Um, what I do want to wish is a very good look to the students at Bishop Perone CE College as well. They're inviting the community to step back to the 80s next week and they're popular for the popular musical Back to the 80s. This is happening at Bishop Perone CE College. Do visit the school and find out more. They're on, available on the door at the college as well. Do find out more about that. Back to the 80s tells the story of a senior class at William Ocean High School as remembered through the eyes of former student Corey Palmer. Fantastic. They're going, taking the students out of their comfort zone as well, going back to a time where they weren't even born because everyone is getting so much younger these days. I'm only saying that to you, dear listener, because we, I'm now 38 and I'm feeling my age today uh one thing that's always encouraged me both when i was a child and also um now as a father as well is a visit to a toy shop my son takes me into the one in bromsgrove every single saturday um and he sometimes gets things as well but we all spoil our children don't we but there's some sad news 
um, is that a much-loved Worcester toy shop would close its doors at the end of April after more than two decades at the heart of the city's high street. Mark and Heather Stewart, owners of YSL Toys, revealed the news on Facebook with much after much thought and with mixed emotions in a post which sparked hundreds of tributes. You've probably already done it, but visit their Facebook page at YSL Toys. Uh, the amount of tributes that people have left uh, to this couple uh, underneath for their unstinting efforts uh, on the high street over the last 21 years as a traditional educational toy shop. It's marvellous. And researching the story, and this is an insight into the job, really, is that I didn't realise it opened 26 years ago, initially as a left-handed shop, which fits in to Mark's campaign, of course, to help those uh, left-handed, those of you left-handed in this society, the left and right website, they will remain, so don't worry. Um, help is on hand for those you lefties out there, of which I think my little boy might be one. Um, he's certainly doing a lot of writing with his left hand. And I'd be interested to know, does it run in the family? Because I don't know of any left-hander in my family at all, so I don't know where he's got it from. But then again, as his mum will testify, he does things off the wall all the time. One thing I do want to flag to you, you'll be able to read this online at worcesterobserver.co.uk, but also in the paper too, is uh, the first of our monthly columns called Dementia Matters. Now, we've teamed up with the Alzheimer's Society in the local area to do a column every month all about dementia. Uh, as you know, regular listeners will know, I lost my mum to dementia, uh, and it's the cruelest illness anyone can ever experience, and I would not wish it on anybody, and if you are out there experiencing it with a family member, a loved one, or a colleague, or a, simply a friend, you'll already know what potential this has to really, really affect somebody's life. And um, so... We have teamed up, as I said, with the Alzheimer's Society in the local area. There's a column, you'll find it on page four of the paper this week, but it is going online too. Uh, please do give it a read. Uh, what we want to do, uh, both the Observer and t- by teaming up with the Alzheimer's Society, is demystify this disease. Because although it's so much in the news, I still think a lot of people don't know about it. We didn't. My My father and I never knew... A lot about it when my mum was diagnosed. So what I want to do uh, through the column is talk about it because let's face it, it's time to talk day after all today as we're recording this about mental health. So why shouldn't we talk about dementia too? So do give it a read, and if it does educate you and does enable you to find out a little bit more about this cruel disease, then I hope it helps. Do give me feedback, editor at WorcesterObserver.co.uk, if you've got any feedback on that or indeed anything that we run. Uh, this week, on weeks uh, weeks in advance as well. Uh, weeks ahead, I should say, not weeks in advance. You see, I've not got Claire here to smooth over the roughness that is my hosting skills of the Worcester Observer podcast. Another long-running story, and it's going to run and run and run, I think, this one, is council chiefs have revealed a long-delayed work to demolish the city's old swimming pool at Sansom Walk. Uh, it could take place... By the end of the year, this is because the site, of course, has been filled with asbestos. So a lot of care and attention has got to be made to it. But it is costing the city council a small fortune. Uh, I think they'd hope to have demolished it by now, but that clearly has not been the case. And uh, public service, because you know what we like to do on the Worcester Observer 
podcast is um, give you as much public service as possible. Well, Seven Trent are coming back to the city in the next few weeks for the next stage of their £1.25 million project to replace some of the city's ageing water pipes. The company's completed the first phase of the pipe replacement project on the Shambles and will now move on to the aptly named Pump Street uh, to improve improve the water network for those living and working in the area. That would be Pump Street. Then it will move on to New Street, Charles Street, and will fiz- finish on St Swithin Street somewhere in mid-spring, because let me tell you, dealing with Seven Trent, you never get specific dates out of them. You just get periods of time. Visit www.stw.works for more on that. And I've been on the website. It is very extensive, so... They'll be have, you will be able to find out an awful lot more about that. Anyway, I've been rambling on as usual and I haven't got the dulcet tones of Claire to break it up. So to avoid annoying you too much with my annoying yam yam twang, we're going to take a short break. Coming up, we'll do a little bit of sport. We'll do a little bit of Brexit and I'll set you that I'll reveal that challenge set to me by a Worcester Observer reader. Until then. We'll be back in this short message. And welcome back to the Worcester Observer podcast. If you've just joined us, I don't know what's wrong with your device because you should have been listening since the start. I'm your host, Rob George. I'm flying solo this week because uh, we c- I couldn't record on Wednesday morning, which is our usual time. We like to do it on a Wednesday morning. And Claire's running around busy meetings and all sorts and saving the world, no doubt, today as we record this on Thursday. So you've just got me, so hopefully I'm entertaining you enough. If not, normal service will be resumed next week. Don't worry. Uh, It's this point we usually go through what I've said in my editor's comment, and I've just shared a little bit about Brexit. I won't focus on it too much, but I just thought I'd bring it and share it with you. And that is that... um, we're now free. We're free of the European Union, although it's not official until the decree absolute finalises our divorce, hopefully at the end of the year. No, nothing has changed, though, because people, because we haven't left the block yet. So any effects either way won't be noticeable until the trade deal is completed or we leave without a deal or whatever Dominic Cummings wants to call it this week. Yet the anger and agitation on both sides remain. Even on Friday, each side spent time goading each other with sometimes very ugly consequences. I mean, whatever your view on this, burning of flags and just the sort of triumphalism, it's it's not great, let's be honest. You know, something's been achieved. It's now up to us to make a success of it, not keep harping on about the great victory that we have made over the European Union. Leaving it, though, and setting our own agenda is not a passport for racism and xenophobia to run rampant. We're called Great Britain for a reason. We should be an outward-looking nation, not an introverted and closed one. And that remains after we've left the European Union. We should still be this great country that goes out and plays a major part in Europe, Europe, the world, and where no matter your race, your creed, your colour, your religion, your sexuality, your gender, you can succeed in this country because that's why it's called Great Britain after all because the challenge now for the government is to deliver on its promises because after all 17.4 million reasons for them to do so there's a challenge for you Boris 
not setting that up nicely. Do let me know your views on Brexit, though. Um, Personally, you know I'm a Remainer. I still think the best thing is to be... um, is to be part of the block, but I fully accept. I fully accept the result, and I hope. I hope we're going to sort out a trade deal and sort out a move forward that has Britain a place dealing with Europe and the world, but not part of the European Union. Because to thumb our nose at the people that are on our doorstep and the market that's on our doorstep would be would be a fallacy, in my opinion. Because if we're going to make a success of Brexit. The first thing port of call is to open the market on our doorstep and then the others will follow. That's just my own personal opinion. Do let me know. Editor at WorcesterObserver.co.uk with your views on that and anything else going on in this faithful city at any point of the week, month or even year. Have you got used to it being 2020? I actually wrote the date the other day and still put 2019, which is really bad when you consider it's the first week in February. Talking of Brexit and letters, I've been set a challenge. And with this is the full agreement of the letter writer concerned. His letter hasn't featured uh, in the Worcester Observer this week because uh, we had a bit of a backwards and forwards on email. And I said, well, why don't I do it on the podcast? And I'll answer you and you can hear my voice. It was a desperate plea to get listeners in as well. But if he listens to it, he's very, very um, passionate about Brexit. So he may be passionate about promoting the podcast too. So this is Richard Brooks who um, challenged me uh, about 10 days ago now to explain why I've been so open about my views as a Remainer, as a local newspaper editor, and do I think it's affected my judgment in putting the paper together. So, Richard, your moment in the sun is here. I'm going to answer. I'm going to take you up on the challenge, as I promised to you, and the answer is no. I don't think it's affected the judgment. I think... The balance in the paper in terms of remain, leave stories, I think has been just about right. I certainly haven't had any complaints uh, from people. And I must say at this point, Richard wasn't complaining. He was genuinely debating it as a devout Brexiteer. And Richard, if you want to go back through the podcast, you'll hear Claire and I have some real ding-dongs about Brexit, uh, Claire being the leave, leave voter, me being the Remain voter. I like to think both of us together have shown what a great debate you can have between Leave and Remain voters and still remain friends and still not um, find each other contemptible. <laughs> but I don't think it's affected my judgment. Um, certainly what I, what I will write in my editor's comment is just that. It's my comment. It's my opinion. It doesn't, it's not the view of the paper that I write for, and certainly the owners that I work for. It's just a small space for me to air my views. It's there for people to disagree with me or agree with me. If you agree with me, great. It shows what I'm on the right track and I've got in touch with what people are thinking. If you disagree with me, great. Debate me, because I think, going back to what I said about why Britain was so great... We do democracy really well in this country. We do debate. We do love a good chinwag and a good debate over a pint or a cup of tea. That's British for you, a cup of tea. Um, So I don't think it affected my judgment. And certainly our letters page, of which, Richard, you are one of the contributors, has certainly reflected that. We've had prominent leave leave voices like yourself, prominent Remain 
uh, campaigners like Chris Shepard, I'll give her a mention on here as well. And it, the debate has been fought on our letters page now for as long as time itself. It just feels like it's been going on for so long. Um, why I want to be so open is because we want to bring something different to the podcast. And we want you to know, understand the character that behind the editor, because it just says editor, and that's it. And you see my byline on stories. I just wanted to get to know me a little bit. That's the idea of the podcast. We can expand on our views. And I just thought it was important that everybody knew my persuasion so that you could read my comment accordingly. So that if I was critiquing Brexit, you'll know I'm coming at it from a a remain standpoint so it may cloud your view on that it may not do I don't know but I think it's important that um, I nail my colours to the mass but equally I'm fair and down the middle as well I would not let my personal judgement cloud anything I do for this newspaper because Worcester's a great city it's two different political parties or others are intruding of course the Greens the Liberal Democrats other parties are making their voices heard in the city um, but leaving Brexit to Brexit and not to Brexit has divided Worcester down the middle just as it is, has towns and cities across the United Kingdom and I think we've reflected that well Richard uh, and I think you broadly agree but I think it was important for me to put my colours to the mass so that you know where I was coming from with any particular debate and I'm proud of my position but equally I'm delighted that my Podcast partner, hopefully she'll be back next week, um, is a devout Brexiteer as well because I think it shows, like I said, we can have a great, great debate about one of the greatest issues of our time. So, Richard, thank you so much. Hopefully that was challenge accepted and hopefully that was challenge delivered. Do let me know. I'm sure you will. Anyway, before we close, I think we'll just do a little bit of sport and I'll say a very, very... Good luck and the best of British and the best of Worcester to Worcester City who are going for a spot in the last eight in the FA Vars this coming weekend. They travel to Atherston Town. If they get there, they're going to earn £2,500, but they're going to be three games away from a trip to Wembley. Imagine that, City fans, have an appearance at Wembley Stadium for Worcester City. What a great, great advert for bringing City home. That will be getting some banners out at the National Stadium itself. They travel to Atherston Town, as I said. It's Saturday, 3 o'clock kickoff. Word of warning, though, uh, in one of the rounds before this, Atherston beat an injury and suspension ravage Malvern Town 10-0. So it will be a bit of a challenge, uh, I, will th- I would think. Also, as well, is Worcester Wolves will be... Uh, they are away... At Sheffield on Friday, they're continuing their good run of form, which has already seen them pick up the BBL Cup, and they're now third in the British Basketball League as well, which is great, great start to the season. Um, and if you can't hit the road to see them in Sheffield on Friday, on Valentine's night, they will be back at the University of Worcester Arena against the Plymouth Raiders. So maybe somewhere to take your beloved and your loved one to show her how much you love her, the University of Worcester Arena, for a game of basketball. Maybe. It's only a suggestion. I'll leave it at that. I will leave it there as well. I've been your host, Rob George. As I said, my regular podcast partner, Claire, hopefully we'll be back together next week. I'll make sure I'm going to be available because it's me that's put it all out of whack. So it's me that you'll end up having to do it all by myself. It's not something I want to enjoy because I think Claire brings 
rational thought to a very manic podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you haven't, um, as I said, normal service will be resumed next week. If you have, normal service will be resumed next week. Till then, I think we're done here. Bye-bye.